This is the Queer Soul Spotlight, a podcast where LGBTQ plus people share their stories to show that there are infinite ways to be queer. Today, I have my friend Alicia. I'm so excited. Um, I have the same reaction to literally every guest I have, but it's because I'm obsessed with all of them. Alicia and I met because we are in the same like photography business scaling program, and uh, we became fast friends. I adore her, and uh, she's gonna have some cool stuff to say today. So please welcome Alicia. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me, Jenny. I'm so excited and like literally one of the first things we ever did together was record an episode for your podcast or like the like preview of it on Zencaster and you like have made so much of what I'm doing right now possible. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. yeah. Um so for people who uh do not know you, can you talk a little bit about who you are, what you do, where you are and sort of how you today fit yourself into the LGBTQ plus community where you sort of fit in with all of that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's see, where do I start? Um, it all began when you were born. Oh, when, when I was born in 1990. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, well, I am a mom. I have two kids. One is five. One is a year and a half now. No baby. Um, yeah. He's getting so big so fast. And I'm a boudoir photographer. I'm currently taking a small break from my business because um, I got a little burnt out. I went a little too heavy, too fast, and mm-hmm. <laughs> created too much myself. Mm-hmm. But um, I'll be back. I just don't know when yet. Awesome. Right now I'm just focusing on raising my kids. Um, I live in the Pacific Northwest, specifically in Washington, and I am, actually, I identify as lesbian now. Mm-hmm. I used to identify as bisexual. Um, kind of recently, I came to the conclusion that that wasn't accurate. At 30 years old, you know, I'm finally figuring Look, out my sexuality. That's- <laughs> Also, like, have you? Because everything is fluid. Like, you, you could be 100% sure of a label one day and show up five, ten years later and you're like, past me knew nothing. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it, it's changed a million times in my life. Um, I For a while, I just didn't have a label, which is also a valid totally. thing. Um, I just, right now, this label feels good to me, so I'm using it, but... If one day it doesn't, then I won't. But right now it does. Uh, and that's kind of what's going on. I guess. Let's see. You want my you want my background? You want my background? Sure. <laughs> There's like a little spark notes of uh, you and, and your beautiful little family. Spark notes. All right. So let's see. I had my first girlfriend when I was 19. Hmm. And I was completely convinced that I was not gay. I didn't like girls until I met this girl. And she <laughs> determined to prove to me that I was. And <laughs> I was like, have you seen a girl? Like, right? Like, what was my problem? Yeah. Really? Um, so that was, <laughs> that was interesting. It was in beauty school, which... If anyone has gone to cosmetology school, they will understand the um, 
ridiculousness and drama that comes from cosmetology school. It's a wild place. I never want to go back. I would never go back in a million years. But it did teach me a lot about who I am. So from and now there, you're badass at makeup. So now, yes, now I do hair and makeup and photography and all kinds of shit. So worth it. Just stuff I put in my little bag. But yeah, it was it was crazy. I hated it, but it did a lot for me, and I'm grateful for it. <laughs> and you met this girl. And I met this girl. Like Alicia, please perceive a woman. Come yeah, on. She was like, please, just I need you to date me, and I know that you're gay. Um. And so we like hung out a bunch and I was convinced that we were just like friends, <laughs> which is so stupid. Uh-huh. Um, and you know, the more I hung out with her, the more I started to develop like actual feelings for her. And, you know, it just kind of progressed until I was like, all right, fine. Like maybe I like you, but only you, right. Only this one girl. It's, it's the outlier, right? <laughs> Spiders George shouldn't have been counted. Yeah, I feel you. Exactly. So we did it for a while. It ended up being a very toxic relationship, as most are in, at, when you're 19. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe, maybe some people have nice relationships when they're 19, but... Good for them. Um, Good yeah. for them. I did not. Great for them. I, I didn't. I had terrible relationships. So after her, I was going into um, actual work. Like I was starting to work as a cosmetologist. And I moved out for the first time up until yeah. then. I had kind of moved out like a little, but not really. Um, I'd moved in with my aunt. So I moved out of my mom's house, but... Mama Jason. I still lived with family, so it didn't yeah. it didn't feel like moving out. So I finally moved out. I moved in with a friend and her family, but that's fine. And I met my second girlfriend. Girlfriend. I don't know if it would be a girlfriend anymore. They have now transitioned to a man. When I met them, they were kind of in the very, 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 very beginnings of accepting that that's who they were. Um, like a cute she-they trans mask moment. Yeah, like very, this? very masculine, had just kind of started to dabble in asking people to call them a different name, but nice. the majority of their people still called them their dead birth names. name. Yeah. Dead name. Um, so it was very it was a very confusing time for me who was still accepting that I was bi or gay or whatever I was. Yeah, and now what? Because like, wait, wait, you and what? Yes, and this would be a trend in my life for the rest of forever. Every person that I would date um, would either be a very feminine man or a trans man or end up oh, a trans like, man. Yeah. Heading in the trans mask direction. Yeah. Cause actually my first girlfriend is now a man, but that happened like way after we were together. You were not even involved. Yeah. But you have a type. Yeah. Uh, clearly. <laughs> I clearly do. Because That's my, a very specific type. 
my partner partner now is is a trans man. Mm-hmm. So apparently, I just like those. <laughs> you know what? And they need love. They need to be loved and cherished and protected they at all do. costs. But yeah, and, and that is actually a big piece of why it took me so long to uh, identify as lesbian. Because I was like, well, I've fallen for all of these men or mm-hmm. masculine types. So, like, how could I be just a lesbian? That doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I kind of came to this conclusion that there was this feminine energy and that was what I was attracted to. Sure. And, and not the actual, like, masculine body. Sure. So it's. Yeah, I mean, gender, not gender, well, gender too. Gender is fluid, but also sexuality is fluid. And so finding like what feels right to you can be tricky sometimes. <laughs> totally. And also that's valid. I mean, a lot of people are like, ironclad the definition of a lesbian is a biological woman who loves a biological woman and no one else is welcome and it's really just non-men loving non-men and like trans men are men obviously but like we mean non capital m men right like because gross um no offense but nah not for me not for um me. love them as people that's it that's it um so yeah that's super valid and what a cool way to like be and not evidence but like an example of how expansive a label can be and so far beyond like you know when people think of like you know there's boy girl boy boy and girl girl and it's like okay also hundreds of other combos friends it's like little bathroom signs you know exactly yeah so it it just took me a while. Um, that's okay. So totally. now, let's see. So after all what that. You, your partner and your kids and. My partner and my kids now. That was a whole weird situation. My son kind of came out of a small separation with my partner. Uh, me having a mental breakdown. <laughs> nice. And then sleeping with a very good friend of mine. And then getting pregnant by accident during COVID. Yeah, COVID. Yeah. Um, but it was like one of the greatest things that's happened because we love our son and my partner has just kind of been amazing and taken him in as his own. And he does still see his biological father um, occasionally, but for the most part, my partner is his daddy and we have a sweet family and we're happy. So that is like the best possible way that could have turned out. It really is. Also, he's cute as hell. <laughs> like that's the cutest little baby I've ever seen. He's so fucking cute. And I, <laughs> I know yeah, he's biased and I'm biased, but everyone around me tells me he's cute. So I feel confident saying he's a cute. Also baby. like your photographer friends are telling you that he's cute. And like, we are very, like, we have to be objective about what looks good, right? right like, I'm not yeah. going to tell you your kid's really, really cute if I'm like, oh, that's not a photogenic child. Yeah, exactly. Also, some babies are just ugly. They look like little old men, gremlins. They do, and it's not their fault. And most of the time, they grow up to be beautiful people. Good looking. But yeah, some babies are just ugly. 
but not 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 your son, not your son. Which I'm I like panicked when I was pregnant. I told all of my really close friends, I was like, listen, if my baby is ugly, I need you to tell me because I will not know. I love this baby and I'll be throwing pictures up on Facebook of an ugly ass baby and I need you to tell me so that I don't do that. And I, I keep, keep him on the myself, okay? I need you to do that. And all of my friends were like, we're not going to tell you that. That's not going to happen. And I was like, but I need you to. There's no need. He came out and he was beautiful and it didn't matter. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> that's so fun. Um, there's a lot that we've talked about on, on your podcast uh, about sort of – really getting to love your body and, and feel at home in your own body, which is such a universal queer thing, but doesn't even have to be queer related. Um, you know, people get top surgery, people cut all their hair off, like all these different things. Um, can you talk a little bit about, especially your recent, like really getting to know and love what healthy shape and size is for you and getting to really feel like proud of how you look and and really loving who you are on the outside and the inside. Yeah, absolutely. My journey has been super long with my body image and loving my body and loving how I look and all of that. But it's really been in the last two to three years that I've really come into actually loving my body and not just kind of like faking it till I make it. Mm-hmm. And it's been almost weird. Like there are days, most days, that I, you know, put on an outfit that I like, even just like a lazy outfit, even just like leggings and a comfy t-shirt. And I'll like look in the mirror and be like, yeah, I look fucking great. And I mean it. Yeah. You know, and that was never something that I was able to to do um, until the last couple of years. And every time it happens, it's still kind of, like, weird to me. It still kind of, like, catches me off guard. Like, oh, yeah, I actually meant that. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Neat. Good job, me. Yeah, great job. Pat me on the back. Yeah, so it, it's been a really cool journey to watch, watch myself go through all of it. Because when I was young, I had, I mean, every body issue... I could probably have. I developed an eating disorder. I, you know, dieted my life away. I exercised like crazy. I became one of those like gym rats and pretended that it was like healthy, but it really wasn't. Because like, it's great if you enjoy the gym, but there's a line between enjoying working out, doing it the healthy way, eating enough while going to the gym and limiting yourself to like a thousand calories a day while also having heavy workouts twice a day. Like there's definitely, you're not not trying to be healthy. You're trying to be skinny. I'm trying to be skinny. Exactly. It's not, it was never about being healthy. I told myself it was, but it never was. Because exercise is healthy. Period. And I was eating healthy food when I did eat. One apple a day. Exactly. There was actually one moment where I remember I was eating grapes and it was literally the only thing I had eaten that day. And it was like, I don't know, 10 o'clock at night. And it was like that moment that I was like, 
this isn't good. <laughs> I shouldn't, I should eat more than this. Like more than a few 10 PM grapes. What is wrong with me? And I finally like admitted that I had like an eating disorder that I was, it was a problem. And I remember the first time I tried to eat a bagel, like a whole, a whole bagel with cream cheese. I got like a quarter of a bagel in and my stomach hurt from being so full because I had shrunk it so much was starving myself. And like, those were like those little moments where I was like, okay, like I have to change because that's really bad. Like that's a visual of how little I was eating because a bagel is not that much food. Like now I eat a bagel and I'm like, I'm still hungry. (laughs) And, and my weight changes it. I have not changed my eating habits in a two, two and a half years ish since I got pregnant. Cause when I got pregnant, I just stopped dieting. Cause I was like, I'm not doing that to my baby. You can diet when you're pregnant, but it's, it, I couldn't. Yeah. And you gotta be so careful about what you're doing. And- you have to make sure you're getting enough calories, enough nutrients, because there's, you know, if you don't diet the right way, you're not going to get the full nutrients that your baby needs. It's not just about calories. So to well, me, you're, you're, you're eating for two. And if you eat for less than one, right. And you, you can do it because if you have, you know, excess fat that will train, you know, you'll feed your baby and you'll lose weight and that's kind of how it works, but you just have to be really careful. And there are people that do it successfully and that's great. But my mental state couldn't do both. So I, I knew that for me, I had to, you know, either like go all in and be like crazy hyper-focused on dieting correctly while pregnant or just be pregnant. And I knew that that was going to be way more enjoyable for me. And I wanted it to be a time that I enjoyed. So I just kind of stopped all the dieting. I just kind of let myself eat whatever I really wanted. I did a lot of research into like intentional eating Mm -hmm. and being aware of like when you're hungry and when you're not and not eating out of boredom, but also letting yourself eat a cookie if that's what your body wants. And I didn't gain a ton of weight um, till the very end of my pregnancy, but that was pretty normal. I guess that happens to a lot of people. You kind of gain like a little and a little and a little. And then at the end, like you gain a bunch all at once for some weird reason. I don't know. Hormones. Yeah. And that happened to me and that was okay. And the whole time I was okay with all of it. I was like, yeah, because I was pregnant. It seemed like in my brain, I was like, well, I'm pregnant, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's okay if you're big because you're pregnant. But the second that baby's out, you're like, ah, in my brain, I was like, okay, I know that I'm going to be bigger than I want to be. So I need to just accept that I am there. And I just had a baby and give myself a lot of grace. And even though I told myself that, I didn't do that. And like a month after giving birth, I was trying to diet again. And like a couple weeks into that, I was like, I got, no, I have to stop doing this because this is, I'm falling back into old patterns and I can't do that. So I forced myself to stop. And even though it was uncomfortable for a long time, I kind of was just like, it's okay. 
this is how my body is. It's gone through a major change. It's not going to be the way it ever was. And that's okay. And prior to my pregnancy, I felt like I had gotten to a really good spot, like with my body image and all of that. And so this was like almost taking a step backwards in my mind. And it was a little bit discouraging. But I recovered quicker than I had in the past. So I started dressing myself in clothes that I really liked. I started being intentional about adding to my wardrobe and making myself feel good in the body I had, even if it didn't feel like the ideal body to me. And as soon as I started doing that, it only took a few months where I really started like feeling good about myself again, regardless of the size of my body. And ever since then, I've really, really slowly started losing weight just on my own. And I fully believe that my, everyone's body, but my body, because it's mine, it's one I can talk about. Um, I feel like when you just eat when you need to eat and listen to your body and, you know, go on a walk with your kids because you want to, not because you're trying to lose calories or whatever, your body figures it out. And it will lose the weight that it doesn't need, and it'll keep what it does need, and it'll balance itself out the way it needs to. And every once in a while, it kind of freaks me out because I'm like, well, I just like this body, and now it's changing again. But Yeah, what the heck? <laughs> it's the kind of the same as your sexuality. It's fluid, and you just kind of have to roll with how it changes throughout the years. Absolutely. And yeah, and just in, I, I also firmly believe that where like I was – so 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 skinny as like a teenager and then as soon as I hit like 21 22 like you know you go through your lovely second puberty in your mid-20s and I was like ah like I didn't appreciate my flat stomach when I had it but then I was like well I have a different body that does different things now this is now healthy shaped for me and like it's there's this whole thing, especially in America of like, this is what healthy looks like. And it's like, no, that's what healthy looks like for people that are naturally thin and five, eight and models. Like people can be, there's this thing of like, you know, obviously like all fat people and they're obese and it's very unhealthy. And you look at like, I've seen amazing videos of uh, plus size dancers who are doing all like they like ballerina dancers so you know they are like working out very disciplined and they are still plus size because that is the shape of their body when it's healthy and they can still do all that crazy ballerina shit it has nothing to do with thin is healthy fat is unhealthy period people are just shaped different and it's why are you skinny why are you fat because sometimes like being skinny is not healthy Oh my gosh, being skinny for me is so unhealthy. I got down to 130 pounds. And like, that doesn't sound unhealthy. No, that's that's how much I weigh. Yeah, that sounds like a reasonable weight. But when I look at photos of myself at that weight, like my wrists, I looked like a skeleton. Like, 
And I look at those photos and I'm like, how did I think I looked good? And how did no one around me be like, are you okay? Are you good? <laughs> like, yeah. And 130 crazy. pounds, 130 pounds on someone who is 4'11 and is, is, I don't know, muscular or not is going to look different than someone who is 130 pounds and 6'2 and has not one muscle on their whole body. Like that's the stupid thing about weight being about numbers or like your BMI or whatever. Like it depends on genetics and your height and all of these other things where it's like, I feel like people try so hard to get a certain type of body when you, you can't, unless you already have that kind of body naturally. And I totally agree with what you said, where like, if you just eat good things that your body wants and everything in moderation and like move your body for serotonin purposes, like you will end up with the body that is healthy for you, the size that is healthy for you, the shape that is healthy for you, period. And regardless of what size or shape you end up, dress the shit out of it. (laughs) Like, you know, like anyone at any size, if you wear a gigantic t-shirt or like huge hoodie and you're trying to hide your body, like you're not going to feel as powerful regardless of size as if you really just wear what you want to wear. And like, I've, I've seen a lot of people recently that have so inspired me that are dressing to please their inner child. Mm. Like, don't give a shit what anyone else thinks about how I look, how I style myself, but I need like really insecure nine-year-old me to like fall on the floor at how fucking cool I am that I'm dressing this way. Right. Like I, I, I dress for her. That's really cool. And do everything for her. Right. Yeah. It's a great way to look at it. Yeah. I mean, I, and my, I feel like my style now is reverting back to high school me. Mm-hmm. And people talk a lot about like healing your inner child. But I feel like in my life, I have to heal my inner teen. Yeah. Because my childhood was honestly pretty great. Like I don't have many memories of my childhood where I'm like, man, I wish that was different. My like young childhood was pretty good. I was homeschooled. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. My dad worked from home, so he was home, but he was in the basement. And my parents didn't have a great relationship, but it didn't affect me. I didn't know. Mm -hmm. As far as I knew, they were great. (laughs) Yeah. And so that's not where – that's not what needs healing. That's not where my trauma is. My trauma is in my teen years when they split up and he moved across the country and I never saw him. And – you know, all this, I went into public school and I was bullied and like, that's where all of my hurt comes from. So I feel like I've been working on healing that area and unintentionally I've been dressing very similar to how I wanted to dress back then. Mm -hmm. I didn't really dress that way back then. I dressed even like more dramatic because I, I assume it's because I wanted attention of some kind or or even the opposite. I was very like outcast in my uh, town or where I went to school. Mm-hmm. I was like the scene kid, you know, I was into like screaming, well whatever. It. Yeah, right. So I was, I was like, "Fuck yeah, I'm gonna dress like that." And so I teased my hair up really big and like wore all the like death metal stuff and <laughs> really bright colors all the time. Yeah, and it was just a lot and. 
But if you fit that stereotype that people think of you, people will ignore you. Exactly. It was like, if I'm weird enough, people will leave me alone and then I won't get hurt anymore. Yeah. And I had like my friends, but you know, it was a select few and they were also the weirdos. So it Right. No, no, no. It, it doesn't matter about them. Like, what do the popular people think of you? Come on. Exactly. Like, it's about widespread acceptance from people you don't really give a shit about. Exactly. And when you become an adult, it's like, I, I could not possibly care less. I have three friends. Do they like me? <laughs> they like me. They don't care what I wear. They don't care what I yeah. wear. They like me. It's fine. It's I so think funny. I have two friends, two, like two close friends. And then I have like a handful of other like good friends. Yeah. That I talk to occasionally but like the end and that's all I so many people to keep track of people that are in their late 20s and they're getting married and they have 27 bridesmaids I can't maintain that many friendships period like no I have really like I don't I can't have that many that I would want to be my bridesmaid like I'm exaggerating at 27 but people have like 10 they do. And 14. I've seen 14 as like a real number. And then your poor fiance has to come up with 14 dudes that he likes. And of course, this is all very heteronormative, but like, damn. Yeah. But it's just, yeah. I don't know how people do that because I have the two friends and that is like, I'm spent. Like that's all the friend energy I have to give most of the time. <laughs> also, like if I was going to pick bridesmaids, my first choice would be my fiance. She's my best friend. But yeah, like, right. I'm marrying, marrying her. Marrying her. <laughs> yeah, I have, I have four. I have one, two. I have four brides people. Um, three of them are dudes. And one of them is the efficient also. And I was like, well, okay, so three. <laughs> Got three. Logan Sickhouse. People. Yeah, bridesmen. Brides women, I don't know. Brides whoever the fuck you are, stand with me. Yeah. Um, brides days. Brides days. <laughs> brides folks, I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, just chasing your happiness and, like, just whatever feels good to you. And, and there's, you know, that phrase of, like, be who you needed when you were younger. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, who you wanted to be when you were younger. Yeah. Be someone exactly. that, like, if you could go back in time and – peek in on whatever age younger self like for me it would totally be middle school and I'd be like guess what we're doing guess what look at what look at and I look like this and I'm wearing this and like eight like eighth grade me would just be like jogged on the ground on the ground and that that's really the only person I need to be proud of me is is little middle school me being like holy shit we went and did all that yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah, we did. I yeah, I think about that all the time. Even even just being a photographer, I that was like my dream as a yeah. as a you know preteen to teen era, and like now I'm doing that, and I feel like little me would be like, "Holy shit, we did it!" <laughs> and you're not just doing it; you're doing it really well. Like your work is really good. Like your boudoir <laughs> shit. Ooh. That's like, and I always, this is really, to me, the mark of a good photographer is I know your shit when I see it. Mm-hmm. Like I'm doing, scrolling down Instagram. I know when it's yours. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. Yeah. It's like, you've really been able to carve this niche for yourself, especially in boudoir specifically, where like, you know, it's yours. You're not just doing subpar work. You're not 
trying to copy what you think you're supposed to be doing. I love what you do. Thank you. I also love what I do. Good. It's been been like the last, as I've been taking the small break, I kind of have been like dabbling in like just taking pictures of like some friends and not necessarily boudoir, but just kind of pictures to, to see if my love for photography lies in boudoir or if maybe there's something else. And every time I shoot something other than boudoir, I'm like, that was kind of fun, but kind of boring. And I like don't really want to edit the photos because I'm bored with them. Yeah. It's really kind of proving. It's proving to me that my love really is in boudoir and that's where I need to be. But that's also just so important for everyone's work in general, where like if you've been doing something for a really long time and you're like, yeah, and I love this, like every once in a while, try something else because either you'll find out like best case scenario, you prove yourself right. And you don't need to change anything. Also best case scenario, you realize that there's something that will give you way more serotonin and fulfillment. And you would have never found out if you didn't check, which I also think is true of the work of like, do I still feel comfortable with the labels I use for my queer identity? Do I still feel comfortable with the pronouns I use? Like there's, I firmly like really think that people who are super comfortable in their straight and cis identities should like do the work also because again, best case scenario confirmed you are hetero, cis, straight, congratulations. And then you feel even more secure in that, but also best case scenario, you give yourself the opportunity to find something else that maybe you would have like just because you've been doing it forever and it doesn't actively feel terrible doesn't mean it's the best thing out there for you. Absolutely, yeah. Tell me about um, things that you do in your life that really just, you know, we're stepping away from work things like we're trying to make money. Tell me about some things that you do that you do purely for the serotonin hit and like not, you're, we're not capitalizing on everything. It's so important not to capitalize on every fucking thing that you do. Um what's what's something that you do that you're just like "Mm, yes happiness um I've been learning to sew actually oh like garments yeah like clothing and um it's been really fun it's been really humbling because I'm not good at it (laughs) (laughs) that's okay because you know practice makes perfect and you're never going to be good when you first start and that's the part of the first step at the first step of being great at something is being really really bad at it Right. And my best friend is um, a wardrobe technician for Cirque du Soleil. And so she is a wonderful maker who has made countless gorgeous things for me. And she was really my inspiration for it because I was like, you know, she makes such beautiful things. Like, even if I could make something like a, a teen like in 16th of how beautiful she looks <laughs> it would still look really fucking good <laughs> really happy <laughs> yeah um the last time she came to visit me she gave me a very small sewing lesson of like here are the parts of your machine this is how you put thread on a bobbin oh <laughs> uh, it's so hard like, very small things but but kind of big things because well those are the foundational pieces the thing of- Sewing is like, I even got like a sewing book from a friend recently and 
I was reading it and it wasn't until like chapter nine or something that was finally something I didn't know because all of that foundational stuff she had taught me was the first like half of the book. Nice. So yeah. And I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. I made a pair of boxers. I'm very proud of myself. They are hideous, but I love them. (laughs) (laughs) I made a, a dress for my daughter it's also a little wonky, but she loves it, and that's what matters to me. Beautiful. Um, yeah, I'm just having fun learning and having fun doing something that's not for anything. It's just because I want to. It's for you. Exactly. Fun. That's enough. Yeah. I love that. And that's also a form of, like, self-care and self-love where you're like, I just need time for myself. I'm going to sew a hideous pair of boxers. <laughs> and you have to sew hideous pairs of boxers in order to sew amazing pairs of boxers and like gowns, you know? You so have to make a certain number of heinous boxer sets. Yeah. And I mean, like, I learned so much from making that ugly pair of boxers. Like, it, it has pockets. I learned how to oh, make pockets. Like, okay. Oh, she's like advanced. The, like the hidden pockets, you know, that aren't yeah, like, like inside. Like inside. Yeah, like along the seam, you know, where you just put, like, your hand in and they're just there. Yeah, that has those. And, like, I'm so okay. proud of the pockets. <laughs> well, you're better at sewing than me. I took a, like, costume construction class in college. And I think I just made, like, a bag because uh, I think I made some PJ pants that weren't really pants. But pretty much every sewing machine that I worked on, I broke the needle. And I don't really know how. Because, like, people would – it would be set up. Other people would use it, and it would be fine. And the second I walked up to it, broken. So I think that's maybe not for me. I do enjoy a little bit of embroidery. Ooh. I feel like a little pioneer woman or, like, a, a little – like, I'm at finishing school, and I have to finish my needle point. Um, I'm thinking of uh, not just doing, like, random-ass fabric, but, like, you know, getting, like, a pair of jeans and putting some, like, little flowers in the pockets or something. I don't know. Please do um, that. I love those so much. I think it'll be so I have and um, immediately, immediately, I'm like, and I will make an Etsy shop, and I will be a millionaire. And I'm like, stop, stop. Yeah, I have so few hobbies that didn't turn into something that I wanted to monetize. You know, like photography was my hobby, but I fell in love with it so hard that I wanted to turn it into a career, and I'm still kind of figuring out how to do that effectively without ruining the artistry of it for me. Um, But yeah, I think it's so important to have hobbies that are just hobbies. They're just something you do because you like it. It's not to sell it on Etsy. It's not to sell it anywhere. It's just because you want to. Yeah. And I, I also bake. I love baking. I make everything. My son is allergic to soy. And so I have to bake pretty much everything for him mm-hmm. from scratch because all of the stuff at the stores has soy in it. Yep. So you but know, what a fun thing to learn about and be able to adjust and and I've seen pictures of what you bake. Like that shit looks good. <laughs> it's, well, it's pretty good if I do say so myself. Incredible. But, oh my god, tuck it, not you tucking your not hair. Oh my God. All right. You ready for some rapid fire? Absolutely. Let's do it. What's your favorite podcast right now? Aside from this one, obviously. Uh, Scout's Honor. Scout's Honor. Tell me about that. Uh, It is brand new. 
It has two episodes. <laughs> yes. It's, It'll be I, easy to catch you up. Exactly. It's, uh, I guess, I guess an acquaintance, but she's kind of a friend. She did my um, maternity photos, but she has a really big business. Uh, her name is Michelle, but she goes by Girl Scout. And she has now started a podcast, and it's mostly just her and her husband, like, kind of bullshitting. But it's just That's fun awesome. to listen to. It, you know, it's not educational. Yeah, it, it's just fun. And I I like that because I need more of that in my life. A hundred percent. That's so valid. Um, what's your favorite comfort food right now? Right now, comfort food. Chocolate. Any particular kind or we're like we're equal opportunity? It changes. Sometimes it's like chocolate chip cookies sometimes it's brownies sometimes it's like a physical chocolate bar nice but I've never really been a chocolate person until like the last year or so so I mean I liked chocolate but it was not like a all the time like that's what I crave when I want something sweet yeah but hot now, tea, uh white chocolate is not chocolate it's not and it's gross and it tastes like plastic thank you moving on we will not be taking comments at this time moving on uh, what's your biggest pet peeve? Oh, I have to pick just one. Um, it, it doesn't have to be the biggest one because then you have to like you know make a whole table and measure things. Yeah. But like okay. here's one. Um, a large pet peeve of mine is when people leave garbage where they opened it. So like, <laughs> I have children and I have a husband and they tend to like open packages and then just leave the trash where they opened the package. And it takes me about half a second to pick it up, but it is my. It's taken half a second for them to pick it up though. Exactly. Exactly. And it just drives me me crazy. And like, obviously my kids are five and a year and a half. So it's like, I shouldn't have this high of expectations, but it bothers me on the inside. It it hurts me. Like, like honestly, and I'm fully joking here, everyone, but like, really, that's like the one downside of having a partner that transitions to in a trans mask direction. Cause now you have to deal with a man. It's now you have to deal with a man. It's true. Horrible. I mean, yay, we support them. Trans men are men, but like pick up your shit. Yeah, no, he's getting better. I will say he's getting better about it. Proud of him. We had a conversation recently where I was like, please, I pick up that all day long just pick up after yourself please That's you don't need, need a third kid. you don't need a third kid no. you know exactly. so he's got he's gotten, he's gotten better i'll give him that beautiful gold star for ryan big pet uh, what is your favorite thing about yourself right now this can be external or this can be internal i don't care there's no such thing as vanity go my empathy yes uh, i have a lot of it because i've been through a lot of shit and I recognize that other people go through other shit and I have learned how to be empathetic without compromising my boundaries. Ooh. Okay. And I'm very proud of that. I'm working on that one. It's hard. It's practice. All right. Alicia, where can people find you if they want to see pretty boudoir pictures or like pictures of what you bake? Where, where can we stalk you on the internet? 
yeah, if you want to stalk me on the internet, you can find me on Instagram. I have my boudoir Instagram. Um, it's at Magic Mavens Co. Co. It'll be in the show notes. I'll put links for everyone so they can go follow Perfect. you. Great. Go look for that there. Um, and that's kind of all I have right now, actually. Yeah. That's my main one. I sometimes post other things besides boudoir, not on the like actual photo stream or whatever. Whatever oh, and that's your called. story is oh, great, really? but in my stories. I my story anything is my stories are very unprofessional, and I just throw random shit in there. No, so. no, no. They're not unprofessional. They're relatable. Okay, relatable. Yes, I like that. That's good. I use it's, that. Because you're actually a human being. Yeah. You're not a brand. You're a human being. And That's I like why that. I started doing it, because I realized, like, all the people that I enjoy following, even if they're, like, a business or a photographer or, like, a big whatever. Yeah. You put random shit in your stories. They, they talk about their random shit in their life all day long in their stories, and I love that. So I was like, I want to do that. So now I, I do it. that. Good. And I, I love, I, whenever I see your story pop up, I'm like, oh, what's she doing? What's she doing? Because it feels like you're, I mean, obviously we are friends, but that sort of thing in general where you're putting out really professional hard posts and reels. And then mm-hmm. in the story, you're just like, oh, like couldn't find parking. Now I have to take off the trash. And like, people are like, you're my friend. I get it. I get, I get you. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here, and and I'm glad I got to kind of return the favor because you, uh, I got to be on your podcast, and now you get to be on my podcast. Full circle, beautiful moment. Um, and if you're ever down here, or if I'm ever up in Washington, I want you to take some sexy pictures of me. So, oh, a hundred percent, yeah, hell yeah, amazing. Well, thank you, thank you for being here. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. This was so much fun. Yay! All right, say bye to everyone, and I'll see you next week with another episode. Bye. Bye.